If you like betting on golf But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf betting system is the golf betting system Greetings and welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast 202, featuring the WGC Dell Technologies Match Play, plus the Corrales Championship on the PGA Tour, and the Commercial Bank Qatar Masters on the DP World Tour. Paul Williams and Barry O'Hanrahan join me, Steve Bamford, to discuss this week's golf betting action. Good morning, gents. Morning, guys. Morning, guys. Paul has a cold. I have a cold and a bad back. Barry, what have you got? Anything? Got some winners. No. Um, Barry, Barry's got some winners. So listen to nice. Barry. Um, I'm, 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 yeah. I'm apologising up front for the uh, for our voices. Although someone described me again as Michael Kane on a five-star review last week, which I thought was interesting. It's definitely you then, Steve, they're talking about. Well, I don't know. Maybe not this week. Uh, this podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gambler aware. You can visit begambleraware.org for more info. And of course, please bet responsibly. Visit our world famous golf betting system website. I have to say, this week it's absolutely amazing. We've got three full tournaments. We've got full set of suite or suite of stats against all of them, predictor models against all of them. And it's all completely free of charge. So, Golf betting system for all of your statistical and modelling needs. That's uh, I'll leave it as that. I think uh, we're available on Twitter. Paul is at golf betting. Barry is at a good talk golf. I'm at Bamford Golf. You can join our golf betting system Facebook group. The link is available in the description box. Plus, look out for the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel where I present the golf betting show every week. Please subscribe to that channel and like the shows. We're through two and a half thousand subscribers now. I will be putting up a world match play show later this morning. And this podcast, I should highlight this, this podcast also goes on that Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel. So if you're into your YouTube, uh, you can listen to the podcast on there as well. Now, you guys as listeners power this podcast, so we need your five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, whatever you call it. As ever here, as ever for those of you who leave a review, I will read them out at the start of a future show. Leave your name and where you are in the review. This one's very short because this this show is far too packed. Uh, five stars, great content, been listening for a bit Love the angles and all the info given. That is, this is a mouthful. This is from P.M. Idi Durf. And he's in the United States of America. Thanks for that, Pimmy. Lovely stuff, thank you. As I said, this, I mean, this, this show's ridiculous. I know that you've been working 48 hours straight, Paul, um, in your current state. So, um, Let's just crack on. I mean, last week I landed up with uh, Fitzpatrick full each way payout. Um, You missed the places by a place again, I believe, on Tristan Lawrence. He likes a a top nine, doesn't he? He doesn't like a top seven. Yeah, he could do do with making one more when the the, uh, business end of these tournaments comes around. Um, Yeah, and then Sean Norris won, who I'd put up the week before. The week before, yeah. Rather frustrating. Oh, um, a week after itis is a killer. Oh, we have, we, a killer. In good news, one of the listeners, Inverdave, uh, was uh, slid into the DMs just to let me know that uh, he had a big hit on DK, won $5,000, uh, and that all, his credit is all to you, Paul, from the European tour um, mm. expertise. He's just... He kind of uh, pulled all those players together that you've been kind of uh, eyeing up the last few weeks and managed to squeeze them all into one lineup, oh. a full 50K oh. as well. Uh, didn't even leave a few dollars behind on the table. So, um, yeah, well done, Inverdave. It uh, it's a really great win. Uh, hopefully that uh, that good form might come back into the podcast. Yeah, brilliant stuff, Love yeah. It, I, I, I saw the message. I, I saw you tweeted me with the screenshot of it as well and... Uh, yeah, brilliant stuff. Very nice to to win one of those uh, GPPs on the on the uh, DP World Tour, and uh, yeah, he had he had Sean Norris in there as well, didn't he? So he, he listened to the pod the previous week and kept the faith that I 
couldn't uh, couldn't muster up to keep myself sadly but uh, yeah no brilliant stuff yeah lo- love to see a, a winner um, on DK right pack show world golf championship Dell Technologies match play I know we've all got our views we've all got some players to discuss through so Paul mm. take it away at the top please yeah yeah 64 players I expect everyone's got a view about all of them really if you were to to go through the full list. Um, yeah, we're off to Texas, off to Austin in Texas for the uh, the world match play. Uh, the top 64 in the world are invited to this world golf championship. Um, not all the 64 are playing. Uh, Cam Smith, Rory McIlroy, Hideki, Harris English, Phil Mickelson, and of course yesterday Sam Burns all opted not to play for... Um, various reasons which we may or may not speculate about depending on the name that I've just mentioned but even so it's a world-class field all the action this week starts on Wednesday so do make sure that you've uh, got your selections in and your bets placed before Wednesday um, as it starts a day earlier this week and same format this year as the changes that were applied back in what 2015 wasn't it 16 pools of four players in total and there's a round robin over the first three days so all the players in those 16 pools play against each other and which then leads or leaves the round of 16 over the weekend and we get a knockout from there from 16 down to the final two and eventually of course Sunday evening we will have a winner uh, just a quick look at the odds then John Rahm's a favourite 14 to 1 uh, Justin Thomas, 14s also. Victor Hovland, 18 to 1. Scotty Scheffler, the informed Scotty Scheffler, 20 to 1. Colin Morikawa, 20s. Dustin Johnson, 22s. Patrick Cantlay, 22 to 1. 25 to 1 bar those players. Now, those prices that I've just read through are the best prices out there, and they're based on four places each way, one quarter of the odds. There are lots of options this week, so there are different ways to play this, and we've kind of seen this proliferate into the world match play over the last few seasons. Some firms are going eight each way, one-fifth of the odds as standard. Um, Paddy Power and Betfair, for instance, do that now as the standard offer. Um, Boyle Sports, of course, we've talked a lot about Boyle Sports. <coughs> excuse me. I've talked a lot about Boyle Sports over the last um, few months with their each way um offerings they have an option this week 16 places each way one eighth of the odds um you can actually choose with boils two four eight or 16 places depending how you uh, how you want to cut your cloth this week and with varying um each way terms as a result and of course then if you go for the 16 h 16 each way option then um if your player gets out of the group then you're uh, you're being paid out each way, so you're getting a payout. Yeah, yeah. I, prices, of course, as you go through these options, they deteriorate. And um, everyone has a view as to how, how they want to play it. Um, just check it out. Have a look and see if you think the price about your fancied player is worth taking on in that option. And uh, um, if it is, of course, that's your that's your personal choice. It seems to me, Paul, that it's, it's boiling down to what we've been mentioning on the podcast for a number of weeks now. Boyle Sports are the most flexible in terms of places, and mm. we've got Bet365, who are one of the bookmakers that are just four and a quarter, offering what looks like best price or equal best price on most yeah, by far the majority of players this week. Yeah, pretty much the pretty much the. So, yeah, I think it's the it's the same kind of um, split that we're seeing generally week to week. Um, yeah, good offer, good, good offers. I mean, having that flexibility, I mean, especially if you want a punt where basically picking a group winner. Bearing in mind this this is a graveyard for top seeds, isn't mm. it? Isn't it? It's, it's something silly, isn't it? Like fourteen or was it thirteen, fourteen, maybe even fifteen players top seeds last year got knocked out. Well, you see it every year, don't you? It's um, they just end up dropping like flies, and it's I don't know. It's the kind of event where you, you can try and apply as much logic as you like to it, and then. The wholly illogical ends up happening. So, and next thing you know, Matthew Wolf's hitting every fairway and winning matches eight and seven. <laughs> don't, don't don't say that with the group that I've opposed him in. Anyway, okay. um, quick word on the course first because I don't think it's um, inconsequential really. Austin Country Club it dates all the way back originally to eighteen ninety nine. Um, 
in its modern guise, it's a peat die layout. It's 7,127 yards for past 71, so it's pretty short. Um, Bermuda Grass Greens, they have this year been overseeded with Poe Trivial, po Trivialis. In the past, there's been a bit of bent in there. Uh, in the past, they've been pure Bermuda, but this year, it's Bermuda Overseed Poa Trivialis, just for okay. the agronomists of you out there. It's, a great... it's exactly the same as last week at the Valspar, yeah. by the way, for listeners. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it seems to be a common enough um, occurrence nowadays, mm. isn't it? Um, yeah. Well, for me, it's, it's a great risk-reward setup. It's, it's absolutely made for match play, and I can see why they've stuck with it um, since moving there in, what, 2016, and uh, we've been there ever since. Um Quick look at some of the previous winners to give us a flavour of the type of player or the names of players who have won their prices. Ian Poulter won this back in 2010. 28-1 uh, to 1 he was that week, Poults. Uh, 2011 was Luke Donald, 35-1. to 1. Hunter Mahan won in 2012 at 50s. Matt Kuchar, 35-1 in 2013. Jason Day was 20 to 1 in 2014. Rory was 11 to 1 in 2015. Then we moved here to Austin, so these are probably more relevant to this week's task. Jason Day again, 14 to 1. DJ, 10 to 1. Bubba Watson, 50 to 1. Kevin Kisner was 80 to 1 in 2019. No event in 2020. And then last year, Billy Ho, 90 to 1. He was the longest priced player of the whole lot at 90 to 1 that's mad mm. so 50 to 1 80 to 1 and 90 to 1 the last three winners yeah it? the last three prior to that 10 to 1 14 to 1 11 to 1 so you know you get a mix um i, I noted in the, my preview um you know as 90 to 1 being the kind of upper limit now of the players that have won recently and if you want to get as brutal as just removing everyone over that uh, level then you're going to take out around about maybe a third to a quarter of the field this week um, if you give mm. them no chance it doesn't always work like that um, you know particularly if you're playing each way I remember Lucas Berrigard from a few years back yeah he placed he got all the way through to the uh, to the semis I think it was the semis rather than the final wasn't it but um, yeah it beat yeah, top and then there was a year with Victor Perez. Did he get to a semi? Oh, there's, there's, there's a few. He, I mean, there's a list of them, isn't there? Yeah. You can go all the way back to uh, I've gone fishing. He got to the final one year when it was over in Arizona, didn't he? He did. Oh, Dubuisson. Dubuisson. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Was it uh, mm. Tani Hara one year? I think he got through at some obscene price, like three hundreds or thereabouts. So <laughs> if you um, if you if you're playing it each way, which you know, again. You, you, you may cho choose to play this as a win-only event and just have one or two or maybe four picks and go for one per quarter and um, and, and try and pick the winner of that and and take your chances all the way through. A, a, a plethora of different ways you can play this and uh, each for their own. Some people won't play it full stop. Some people will just look at the format and um, have been burnt on this particular event in the past and uh, and just leave it uh, leave it alone, give it a very wide berth. <laughs> totally up to you. We'll, we'll talk about everyone's strategy in a second, but let me just complete the um, the preamble. Uh, recent form. I mean, if you go back and look at the um, recent form of winners, um, Jason Day the first time round in 2014, Rory Day again in 2016, DJ and Bubba. All of those guys when winning already had a, a recent win under their belt in their last kind of four or five starts. Um, Billy Horshaw finished second at the WGC the month before winning. Um, so even though he was 90 to 1, there was some really elite class f form within his uh, recent form line to suggest that he might go well. Um, all of the winners that I listed back to 2010 had played the event before, so there were no debutants who eventually actually won. Debutants have made it through to the to the semis and the final in the past, so that's not to say that you won't find one um, get right in the mix. Um, Scotty Scheffler again was a great example last last year. He was uh, he was playing the event for the first time and uh, and, and came runner up to Billy Ho. But uh, but yeah, generally I think if you're trying to pluck just the winner out, then. Um, the, uh, the finding someone who's played before, someone who's got a quarter final finish before, is also a fairly good sign. So um, you can start to get, um, yeah, start to whittle it down a little bit from there. Um, I don't know. Personally, I talk about how we play these things. Um, I like to see the full bracket before I, I work out how it's going to play out. I don't want to be playing 
blindly and find that I've got two players that are in the same um, group or the same quarter. Um, or worse. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> exactly. You could you could bang four up, they're all in the same quarter. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. so waiting for the at least they've moved the show forward. You know, a few years ago it used to be this kind of prime time Eastern time show, didn't it, that went on for a couple of hours and over here in the UK you'd you'd have to wait until midnight to, to see the groups and then try and try and work it out for for the crack of dawn the following Tuesday or the following morning. But at least it's a little bit earlier now, so we did have a view by kind of tea time over here in the UK yesterday um, as to how it all plays out. Personally I keep the stakes low. Personally I tend to go for the eight places a fifth of the odds so a player who gets through to the quarters. Um, the price differentials aren't massive this week, um, and of course, you know if you, if you find the differential is too big, you could move to a, a four and a quarter instead. But um, but yeah, that's kind of how I I tend to play it. What about you guys? Do you, do you have a preference? Or do you do you have a strategy for? For playing the match play, a strategy is a world match play. Baron, that's an interesting <laughs> it's you, one. Usually, it's, <laughs> it's, like, it's, um, it's usually betting in hindsight after the group stages have, <laughs> have ended. Yeah. It's so yeah. tough. I, this week, I I kind of tend to uh, I might do one or two outrights um, and then end up doing a few um, parlays on matches. Um, that that seems a little bit more fun and kind of keeps me involved throughout the week. It's just it's just such a tough format to call. You could have somebody coming in here red hot, but he just gets unlucky and runs into a buzzsaw one day, and all of a sudden you've got a loss on your um, a loss or a loss and a half, and he's and he's out. So it's it's just tough. It's great entertainment, but brutally difficult to 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 gamble on. I do like watching Steve. the world match play. I find it quite addictive, and you can watch it for. Well, it just goes on for hours, doesn't it? Yeah, it's yeah, quite, and, it's quite good. And you do tend to see a lot more of the, um, a lot more of more players, don't you, who are playing against each other rather than just a, you know, yeah, a it's really good. A handful no. of, um, of, of groups that you, you tend to yeah. watch all day, and uh, you, you see a lot more golf shots from players you don't usually see golf shots from, which I, I find that interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, personally, in terms of the way I tend to play this, I will look and see if I can pick out one from each quarter, and um, and and go along those lines, and then work from there. So I've gone down that route this week. I have left one quarter out. I really couldn't make my mind up on one of the quarters, so I've just gone with three. Um, shall we work through, um, kind of one quarter at a time, and I'll give you my view of that um in terms of who i've picked and then if you guys good have anyone in that quarter um, good idea you can go from there right so i'm still I'm, look- I'm still making my pick so don't bring me into it later <laughs> well just Barry, shout, you can go I'll, second <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll go from uh, i'll go from top left and work around I'm, I'm looking at the bracket of course i'll work i'll work around in a clockwise fashion so you'll kind of know where i'm going from this so um top left Quarter, we're talking John Rahm's group, Brooks Kepka's group, Dustin Johnson's group, um, and uh, Bryson's group, of course. So, you know, you've got some big, big hitters in those, um, leading the way in those. Um, I don't know, I've gone through it. I, I, Bryson, Taylor Gooch, Westy Bland, even if one of, the, well, one of those guys has got to get through, of course, but um, yeah, I, I don't, I, I can't see a great deal happening from there. Um, Above that, playing the winner of that group, I've got Dustin Johnson, Max Homer, Matthew Wolf, Mackenzie Hughes, and my selection in that quarter is Dustin Johnson. Um, Max Homer, I guess he'll present the biggest of the of, of the uh, of the threats of DJ to make his way through that group. Um, in in theory, as you just mentioned, Matthew Wolf may well find his game and suddenly uh, some, suddenly spark back to life, but. Wolf and Hughes over the last few weeks have been a bit iffy, haven't they? Uh, DeChambeau, um, in terms of who they might meet afterwards, has been injured and playing again for the first time for a few weeks. Bland's making his debut. Westy's got a good record, hasn't he? So you know, potentially he could uh, he he could win that group and be the be the challenge after that. But if you look at DJ, he won here in Austin back in twenty seventeen. 
Um, he went five, um, five wins out of five, five points out of five at the Ryder Cup last year. He joined a really elite band of players to to make that uh, to, you know, to record that score in a Ryder Cup. Um, ninth of the players. I know you put him up last week, Steve. Um, on the back of his ninth, his, his flying finish at the Players Championship. Um, that was really impressive. One impressive round. Didn't do a great deal last week in the end, but I think um, you know he's the kind of player who um, the putter can start to work again this week and potentially get himself back into, a, you know, get, get the juices flowing and get uh, if, back in the mix. If I was going to take one of the top players, I would take one with a fantastic Pete Dye record, mm. yeah? And I would take one that, in my opinion, is hungry, needs something to happen. I'm looking here, top 10 within our predictor model, here are the best Pete Dye players yeah, mm. Casey's at one, Simpson at two, DJ at three, Ram four. This is Pete Dye specialists. Then we've got a tie for fifth, Bubba and JT. Seventh is Brian Harmon. And then we've got a tie for eighth of Jordan Spieth, Brooks Kepka, and bizarrely, Ryan Palmer. Kevin Kisner comes in in a tie for 11th with Billy Ho, Patrick Cantlay and Abe Anser. Yeah, and I expect that's, um, reading the way that those stats work, I expect that's stroke play events as well, isn't it? For Yeah, they are stroke play. No match play goes into that. So that would improve Kisner's record immeasurably. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So so in that respect, you're agreeing with me then in terms of DJ, is that... uh, that, Oh, yes. Yeah, there's there's two in that there's there's two in that quarter I would take. Mm. Not that I can take two, but these are the two I'm highlighting to the listeners. Yeah, 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 yeah. Two for me in that quarter will be. I'm trying to bring up my bracket. Here we go. DJ at the top, yeah. And then I've got a horrible feeling. Sorry, he's at the bottom of that group. I've got, we've been talking about this guy all year, and I know for a fact this is how golf works. If you step away from this guy, bang. Shane Lowry, forty to one. Yeah, I, I've invested in Shane Lowry yeah, this yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Because if you if you're looking for a guy, the other thing I've noticed here is world rankings. Last three, 39th was Bubba, thirty four was Billy Ho, Kevin Kisner was world number fifty. I mean, we we these are guys that are coming in here hungry, yeah, but lower down the rankings, not mm. thinking about Augusta in any way, shape, or form. Lowry's thirty third in the world, so he fits the mould perfectly. Yeah. So yeah. Of that top bracket, the two that I'm interested in, definitely DJ and Shane Lowry. Yeah. Any any, any from you in that uh, quarter, Barry? Lowry's record is not great at this. Even though you just, like, off the top of your head, you'd you'd, you'd have him um, written down as, you know, somebody who's a real battler. When Billy Ho won last year, and he's yeah, all of this going into records of matter just to me, it's it's such a random event. It's pick yeah. some pick some decent die players that are playing well. Simple. Yeah, I know. I think I I don't think I can avoid. Don't overthink it. No. I don't That's think what I you can, say to me. Yeah, don't I know. overthink it. I don't think I can stay away from Shane this week. Like in spite of any evidence to, that his match play record uh, mm. to the contrary would be. Um, I mean, another one that's interesting to me at mid odds would be Alex Noren playing very, mm. playing some very good yeah. golf at the moment. Abe. Yeah, he's also got this. He's also got this thing, isn't he? Um, he? The end of this is the top fifty into the into the Masters. The cutoff is next week, so as of Monday. Yeah. So yeah. he's currently sitting Noren in fifty six. So yeah, he needs he needs to. He needs to win a couple of matches, I'd suggest, to get into the top fifty at the very least, or maybe get out of the group. Yeah, Prob- probably well, needs a quarterfinals. Yeah, potentially yeah, just, just to re- works, just to really right? bump yeah. them up there. Yeah, the the, the the world ranking points do um, do kind of filter through quite quickly once you make it through. Well, Noren takes us into the second segment, so um, I'm I'm going to oppose you there, Barry, because I've got Paul Casey in this segment, and they're both in the same group. Um, and for me, I mean, looking through that particular quarter again, you got Colin Morikawa, um, Abram Anser, uh, Xander, and then uh, Louis Oosthuizen are the uh, the seeds in that group. Paul Casey though sits in the group with Oosthuizen, Casey, 
um, with Casey himself, of course, Corey Connors and um, Alex Noren. And um, yeah, for me, if ever Paul Casey and, uh, you know, ever at the age of 44, if he's ever going to extend past a regular event winner, you know, he's got copious amounts of old European Tour wins, isn't he? And three wins on the PGA Tour. But if he's ever going to progress to a WGC or a... um, a major winner then I think this event this WGC match play is probably the one that is the most likely of all of the different world-class events for him to actually win and um, twice a runner-up in this back in the day he also won that uh, HSBC world match play at Wentworth that was played back in uh, the, the one he won was back in 2006 three Ryder Cups over the years as well but you know, again, I mentioned his age, 44, and you'd expect at some point to, you know, to start to see his results slip down a little bit. But he seems to still be knocking at the door at elite level, doesn't he? Fifth and third at the player, well, fifth last year, third at the players in his most recent start. Um, a couple of top four finishes at the US PGA Championship over the last few years as well. Um, yeah, I, again, he topped that list that you just read through, Steve, in terms of Paul, uh, Pete Dye. Uh, you know, experts, I guess. Oh, yeah, it leads, leads the field, yeah. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, one of the factors that you can certainly say about a lot of the players who perform well here over the last few years is is a strong Pete Dye record. So, you know, if you're picking one name out of the 16 in that section, um, for me, it's Casey. For you, it's Norrin. We'll, we'll see how that match ends up, Barry, when they play each other um, during the course of the week. I'm going, to, I'm going to throw another one in there just to confuse everyone completely. <laughs> Barry and I already had a discussion about this off mic. I think Brian Harmon. Yeah. He's 66s to make a semi. Sorry, 70s with Bet Fred, four places a quarter. He's 40 to 1 for top, uh, for eight, eight and a fifth. And you look at Brian Harmon, he's played this twice. Uh, 2018 on debut, uh, made the last 16, and then he made the quarterfinals last year. And he's coming in here off a fifth place last week at the Valspar. When I go to that predictor model, Brian Harmon was Mm. in seventh spot for Pete Dye Specialists. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm on Harmon. Yeah, I can see that. A a shorter course fits Harmon as well, and he's been playing some nice stuff as well. I must say, if I I, I do religiously only pick uh, pick one in each segment here, but if if I was picking a second in that segment, it would have been Harmon. He sits on the other side of the uh, the the quarter to Casey and you know yeah. potentially you've got a, a, an option now or potentially you've got a scenario where Harmon and Casey meet in that last um eight uh or, or the last eight ties so potentially if you're back in eight places each way you're getting yourself a an each way player payout for so. those following my logic he's 50th in the world and again he needs a good week because he hasn't got a masters invite mm. So it's it's now or never if he wants to play the Masters. Not that Brian Harmon's got a help of hell of winning the Masters, but clearly you'd want to play it, wouldn't you? So yeah. there's there's a lot of there's a lot of good things to say about Brian Harmon this one yeah. in terms of motivational aspects. Any anyone else in that uh, quarter from you, Barry? Or was it just Norrin? It's it's a bit of a devil of a quarter of a, a side of the draw, I think. I think Sergio. I mean Sergio. I think Sergio's got a good chance of getting out against the group. Um, mm. It's just it's a, it's about the the match against Morikawa. I think based on kind of current and match play form, just counting the two of them. But um, it's a bit of a devil of a half of, of a quarter of the draw. With uh, you know, he needs to take those sunglasses off. That's what he needs to do. They're not. They're not pretty. <laughs> they're not great. I know. I know he's earning a lot wearing them, but they're not great, are they? No. Yeah, you're getting paid to look like a bit of an idiot. But uh, <laughs> I, I'd probably reconsider that if I saw the check he was getting cut every month. Yeah, yeah. that's helping fuel the private jet. Yeah. Let's let's move well, on. Where to, are we heading next? What yeah, quarter? Well, let's go, let's go round clockwise. So the next one's um, uh, Victor Hovland, uh, Jochen Neiman. 
Justin Thomas and, of course, um, Jordan Spieth, their respective uh, sections and their respective uh, groups. And for me, again, you, you could make a case for a few of them. I suppose Hovland and Neiman could well could well meet in the uh, in the quarters. Um, Spieth, Scott, Rose, Bradley. Who do you pick out of that particular group? I, I not. I don't know. A tough one to call. For me, I've taken um, Kevin Kisner. Um, he's got to beat Justin Thomas. He's got to beat Mark Leishman. He's got to beat Luke List. Or he's got to get result enough results against those three to get through. But he loves this place, doesn't he, KK? He's you know won here in twenty nineteen. He'd finished uh, runner up the season before twenty eighteen. Um, I know you've been backing him lots this this season to date, Barry. Um, he started well, hasn't he? Eighth in the Century, third at the Sony Open, and um, fourth at the Players Championship. He's been in some really good nick, and mm. combine that with the fact that he's uh, he's got such a strong record here. The, the course suits him down to the ground. The format seems to suit him down to the ground. Um, and he's proven before that regardless of the the group that he's in, he can find a way to navigate through that group safely and 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 see where that takes him from there. Um, I took 50 to 1, eight places each way. And of course, you can get a bigger price if you want to take him four places each way, but um, each for their own. Um, that that's uh, I, I couldn't find any reason. It would have taken a lot for me to find a quarter that had Kevin Kisner in where I wasn't comfortable taking him on. And even with Justin Thomas in the group, I still had to uh, still had to play him this week. Any, any other love for KK from you guys? I'm totally ready. This is a problem because in that quarter there was only one name I looked at that I was interested in, and that was KK mm. on the Bermuda grass. Yeah. So yeah, it's a complete and utter washout. We're all on KK. Well, let's well let's hope he makes the it special K. <laughs> yeah. Let's hope thirty-four in the world just to follow my logic. Yeah. Bang yeah. in there, mate. And yeah. he 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 really impressed me at the players. His putting was rock solid. He, he, he was back to his best with a putter. Yeah. And his approach play was bang on, mate. Mm, yeah, KK for me. Some really good stuff. Yeah, and as I say, the format and the course really suits. So. Yeah. Well, we're all in agreement, which is uh, which is either good or very, very well, It's worrying, bad. isn't it, really? Very, but yes. very bad. Yeah, KK. Um, I'm moving around to the, the, the final quarter. Now, this is the quarter that I've not had a bet in because I, I worked it through. And you've got Patrick Cantlay in there. You've got... Um, Scotty Scheffler, of course, we mentioned earlier, is playing some really, really good stuff. Um, we've got Billy Horshaw, who's last year's winner. Billy Horshaw, who pulled out of the um, uh, of the players with uh, an illness of some description, apparently. Um, right. You've got the likes of um, Till Hatton in there. You've got the likes of um, uh, Ian Poulter. I mean, Poulter's got an incredible record. Could I see Poulter coming through as the, the winner, you know, the, the, the last four, into the last four from this section? Yeah, quite possibly. You know, he's got a hell of a task, but he's that kind of character that you could just see, well, you know, he beats Scotty Scheffler, works his way through. He's got Matt Fitzpatrick, Tommy Fleetwood, really comfortable group for for, for Poulter to be playing in, in terms of the names and the, the, the personalities um, and see where he goes from there. Um, but then he could come unstuck against a, a horse who may or may not be fit. Um, yeah, Thomas Peters, who played so well in the Ryder Cup, didn't he, a few years ago? Um, I, yeah, I, I I don't know. I went round in circles on this, and um, at the prices on offer, there just wasn't one that I felt comfortable taking. So um, I don't think this is the kind of event where you should go chasing. If you don't fancy a play, if you don't fancy a quarter, you don't fancy a half, don't bet it. Just just move on and just observe the uh, spectacle mm. and uh, and be done with it. But yeah, no bet for me in that quarter. Any 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 from you guys? Anyone that you are comfortable backing in that section? I have a name. I don't know if I want to go first or whether I should throw Barry under the bus. <laughs> oh, I'm already there, Steve. So I'll I'll speak up. I think I'm going to well, take a. I think I'm going to take a little flyer on Seamus Power. It's the, the odds. Bang on, the, I was just he's bang on the money in terms of world ranking forty eight. Yeah. Hun- mm. You know, like a hundred to one, eight places. It's just so tempting. It's it's a partisan bet, but like. The odds are just lovely, and it's 
I can, I, I could, you know, I can't see him being uh, in trouble against any of the guys. Like, I don't know what Cantley is, whether he's playing great or not these days. It just, it always seems very kind of flatlined from him, but that, that's just a, on a visual basis. Yeah. Has he ever played it before? Is he a debutant? Not that it makes any difference when you're backing someone at that price to get to a quarter final. I, I think he's or a first a semi. He's, yeah, he's a debutant. Yeah. <sighs> that isn't the name I had, actually. I'll tell you the name I, I, I'm going to probably back here. There's two that I'm interested in. One is Tom Hoagie. Mm. Hoagie is playing some magnificent stuff this season. Never played in this. He's 66, uh, he's 66s to make a quarter final with Paddy or Boyle Sports, which I think isn't a bad bet in a group of Horschel, Peters, and Minwoo Lee. I mean, Horschel's defending, that could go anyway. Thomas Peters can be off the map, and Minwoo Lee, don't know. So I think Hogue is a decent bet. And do you know what? In the, they're calling it the group, you know, it's basically Scheffler versus England, isn't it? I think Fitzpatrick's going to go well this one. So I think that's going to be my proper bet. I think Fitzpatrick could be um, forty to one. I think Fitzpatrick could have a run at this. Yeah, it's, it's a he's one, not it? going to be thinking about Augusta. But you look at that guy, how well he's playing. I I was surprised by his price. He's usually a lot shorter. So clearly his match play record isn't up to a lot. But the Fitzpatrick at forties, the way that guy's playing, Bermuda grass short course. Yeah, I'll take Fitzpatrick. To, to overturn the Scheffler uh, form. It's a, it's a tough group, isn't it? Because you know, it's I, an awful group. Yeah. You know, I, I, lo- I looked at it. I thought, well, you, you could try and make a case as you've done that. You, know, you got Tommy Fleetwood in there as well. Um, and of yeah, course, you know, he's you, coming you, around. You got yeah, yeah, and you got the whole kind of uh, yeah, Fleetwood, uh, Molinari, Mollywood. You know, ringing in your ears saying, "Well, this guy can play the format." And uh, and and that yeah, you stare at the name of Ian Poulter in that group and think, well. You know, you can see Paul banging his chest and uh, <laughs> winning the group. I, 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 I just couldn't go down there. I just left it alone. I'll, I'll just, I will, I will watch it with massive interest and see how that uh, that section unfolds. But uh, yeah, Poulter's Poulter's down to sixty seventh in the world. Mm. Yeah, only just scraped in, didn't he? Yeah, and he was fifty fourth at the at the turn of the year. So I don't know where that puts him in terms of a Masters invite. One to look into that. I'm not sure. So, if you had to, a gun to your head, who, who of, uh, uh, what's the name that you think's going to? I mean, it's ridiculous, really. What's the name you think that you would? Uh, that's that's your stone wall bet for the week. If I was just having one bet this week, it'd be one Dustin bet, Johnson. Yeah. I'd, I'd just be backing DJ to win. You're on DJ, yeah. Yeah, he's uh, got course experience, and I think you know th- th- there's enough there from that uh, from that effort at the Players' Championship to suggest that he's he's very close to a, to a big week. So, just just to firm up, Poulter is outside the Masters. Mm. Yeah, he hasn't got an invite. Mm, interesting, especially with uh, Valero Texas Open coming up next week. Right, so you're on DJ. What about you, Baron? Who who of those selections? It's got to be the special K man, isn't it for you? Uh, yeah, if I have to just pick one of the one of my uh, bets there, yeah, it's Kis- Kisner be the top top billing. So, yeah, same here. Two for Kisner, one for DJ. See you in the final, Paul. Yeah, we shall see. Well, I, I wouldn't mind that, given that I've got uh, Kisner anyway. So I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you boys have it. <laughs> right, let me buzz quickly through the Corrales Championship. One of these alternate event jobbies. Um, Clearly, we have a secondary event the week of a WGC or the um, Open Championship. They're going to be holding the Barbasol this year. If you think I'm going to be doing any Barbasol tips, um, you're badly... Well, say now, I have done a few in the past, so I might actually do a few. I think I had Aaron Badley one year when he won that. Yeah, he did, yeah. So, yeah, um, I'll give that a look over. It's not one to dismiss. But the Corrales, uh, they're playing it at the Corrales Golf Club. There's a surprise. Uh, we've been, we've seen. Uh, this is, the, I believe, it's the fifth renewal. Um, so we've seen um, a list of winners here. Uh, it started with Bryce Garnett of all people in uh, 2018, 
and there were a couple of corn ferry events here before that if you want to if you want to look into that because a few of these this week will have played in that as well garnet one at 66 is gmac 40 to 1 hudson swafford 200 to 1 and joel damon last year 50 to 1 so you work that through, 89 to 1 is the average winning odds of the uh, winners here. To, uh, but we've effectively seen a 66, a 40s, and a 50. So these are the kind of waters I love fishing in. Now, I have a full preview. I will put a link in the description box or just navigate from the homepage of Golf Betting System. I'm not going to go into all the detail. We just haven't got time. I will run you through my selections very, very quickly. Um, I can't believe he's favourite. When I was writing these tips, uh, no markets came up until about 4.30 on Monday. But I'm on Johnny Vegas. Uh, I've just gone two, uh, two each way on Vegas at 16 to 1. He is the favourite. I actually thought Sahith Tigala might be favourite. And Maverick McNeely um, was a withdrawal because he's got into the, the, left, the last spot of the match play. I think he would have been favourite. But anyway, Vegas, you just look at it. He takes these events seriously. Um, there's a fourth at the Sanderson Farms, fourth at the Barbasol, ninth at the Puerto Rico Open, second at the Puerto Rico Open. We know they're on Paspalum Greens. Um, he's got decent form around uh, Mayakoba. I think that's a good correlating event. It's um, The other thing I like about him, he's, he's, um, he's a three-time PGA Tour winner, and in 2021, he was, he was in contention quite a lot. Uh, he, he had a head-to-head -head with Brandon Grace at the Puerto Rico Open. He was up there with Garrick Higo, Hadley and English at the Palmetto, which, by the way, is a Tom Fazio design, as is this. Uh, that was played at Coog, is it Congaree? And then uh, he also um, was in a head-to-head -head with Cameron Champ at Charles Schwarzel at the 3M Open. So he's got experience in the Sunday battle. I just think Vegas, he's kind of right. I think he was top eight uh, on approach last week at the Valspar. So I'm on at 16s. Next one. I'm going deeper now. 40 to 1. I've got this with Unibet, six place each way. There are no seven places each way, by the way. It's all sixes and fives. Graham McDowell, GMAC. I mean, coastal course, Paspalum Greens, enough said. Uh, he was 13th a few weeks ago at the Arnold Palmer, which showed some life. He just loves this golf course, doesn't he? He's won here. He's finished in the top five here last year. So Graham McDowell at 40s. Um, I've gone for Adam Svensson. I've been keeping a close eye on this Svensson chap, Canadian. A bit of a perennial winner on the Corn Ferry. Three Corn Ferry wins. Uh, one of those was the 2018 Great Abaco Classic, which they play on a Paspalum golf course, a par 72 uh, in the Bahamas. So that was his first win on the Corn Ferry. Very similar course to this. Uh, he's got other form in the Bahamas as well. He played this also when it was a Corn Ferry event. He was third after 36 holes, third after 54, and eventually finished sixth. And Svensson's had a couple, couple of top tens this year, low-level top tens. One at Sony and one a few weeks ago at the Honda. And he's hitting the ball superbly. So Adam Svensson. I've got 40 to 1 on Svensson a point each way. Um, you know, we have this week after itis. We have we have players that we won't back. I've taken a step back. I'm trying to be broader this year, not be completely stats-focused, not have all these preconceived ideas before an event. I saw Emiliano Grio at 50-1 to 1 in this field. I said, right, perfect. Grio's just the perfect kind of player for this golf course. Mm -hmm. He's playing awfully, but then so was Joel Damon when he won this. Joel Damon won this off six missed cuts. <laughs> out of seven events last year when he won this. Griot's exactly in the same boat, 50 to 1. I'm on the Emiliano Griot. Um, just loads of form in these kind of climbs. Puerto Rico, Mayakoba. Loves playing by the... This guy was 12th at the Open Championship last year. Yep. So Griot as well. And also, last one. Didn't get 66s. I was mad last night. 66s was hanging there with Unibet, hanging there, hanging there. But Paul and I were hanging about for Paddy Power because we thought they'd go seven places. You needed to see it. Quite rightly, pressing refresh. Anyway, Paddy Power never came up. Went to publish it. 66s became 55s. Anyway, I'm on. Hudson Swafford, 55 to 1. Uh, a winner here and sixth here. 
So um, he's also the highest ranked player in this field in terms of FedEx Cup standing. He's currently in the top 30 in the FedEx Cup, which is usually a bad sign here. But in this year where we're seeing Matsuama, we're seeing Scheffler, we're seeing last week Sam Burns all doubling up on wins. I'm on Swafford, who actually won, if you remember, back in January at the American Express. So Swafford at 55s, I've got Griot at 50s, Svensson and GMAC at 40s, and Johnny Vegas, 16 to 1. Those are my five for the Kralas. Any thoughts from you guys? Um, I've got a couple. Barry, have you got anything? Yeah, GMAC's interesting uh, for all the reasons Steve mentioned. And uh, there's one I might take a very speculative punt on. He... um, Missed his chance to gra- grab, well, his last uh, medical exemption tournament to grab his card was Wesley Bryan last week. The slightly oh, yeah. shorter course and just like that bounce back motivation. He might just get right on the horse and uh, and go for it this week. So he is, uh, yeah, generously available. 200 to 1 with uh, wow. six places with Coral. That's lovely. Brian, there is a lot of correlation between the RBC heritage and this when you just mm. look at past winners. So mm-hmm. yeah, that that works. Two hundred to one—that's wicked. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's big big motivation for him, isn't it? I must say, like you, Steve, my my first um, knee jerk reaction was uh, was Johnny Vegas, and it's just a shame that the, the price is so. Um, yeah, it's not great. I I will say a couple of things though, just in my defence. Hovland won mm. as the favourite. We had Brandon Grace last year at the Puerto Rico. He was joint favourite with Poulter. So we are we are seeing this move. Morikawa, I know Mor- linking Morikawa and Hovland to Johnny Vegas is a stretch. <laughs> I get that, but it's all relative in a field. We are seeing shorter price winners of these alternate events. Yeah. So yeah. It, uh, I'd written it was done. So sixteen. But yeah, Vegas at sixteens. Yeah. So you you yeah you, you that was your gut feel. Yeah, my gut feel was that. I mean, further down the list, the um, the bit of course form that catches the eye is from Rafael Campos who mm. um, has finished second and third here. I, going back to your point just a second ago on that Bahamas great Abaco classic, that's the one that he won um, on the okay. Cold Ferry back in 2019. And he seems to seems to focus on these um, kind of uh, alternate events, the ones that are really going to make a difference to him and his career. Um, no incoming form to speak of. I mean, he did make the cut um, back at the Puerto Rico Open a couple of weeks ago. Actually, his second round 68 was one of the better rounds of the day. So um, if you can take some tenuous um, form from that particular outing and apply it to, to some to some really you know, second and third, it means he can play the course. Um, it just needs to find that spark. And I read an interview uh, as part of my research. They interviewed... Um, Joel Damon after his win, and he mm. said it was great playing with Raphael last year. And he said that this is his second major, effectively, because yeah. he's Puerto Rican. And he also, you know, this Corral is in the Dominican Republic, is such an important tournament for him. So yeah. he'll be giving it full beans this week. I'm yeah. Great. yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I thought 250 to 1, there's a little bit of that hanging wow. out there. I thought um, there's. Uh, there's far worse absolute That's crazy. bomb outsider bets to, to pick this week than uh, than Raphael. So uh, so yeah, that's that's where I'm heading with that particular one. Right, that's the Corral is done. Now we're on to the third of three DP World Tour, the uh, Commercial Bank Qatar Masters. Paul's getting no respite here. His poor voice. Um, we're over to Qatar, Paul. Qatar, yeah, yeah. It's all, Lead us ever onward. It's almost prophetic, Qatar, isn't it? Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're back to actually we're back to Doha Golf Club, which uh, does make things a little bit easier. Um, oh, good for the uh, Commercial Bank Qatar Masters. It's the, so they they went to Education City for how long? Was it a year or two? No, and two now years. They're back to the original course. Yeah, yeah. yeah so two years at Education City, just the other side of the uh, other side of the city there in Doha, um, and now we're back to the original Doha Golf Club. So all of that course form. Um, that we've got that goes back um, on the on the uh, on the form sheets. You can start to review it again, having it uh, consigned to the dustbin last year. I always used to love this as mm. part of the, of the golf swing. It always got those open championship connotations because it's always tends to be windy here, doesn't it? It does. Pretty yeah. tough. It, it's funny because it's. One of those events that, whilst it's not a links, I always have this kind of mm. asterisk by it in terms of the results. In terms of if you're looking for links 
style or links friendly players, then looking at a Qatar Masters um, leaderboard probably won't lead you down a you know a, a, down a rabbit hole. It will it will it will give you some clues. So yeah, yeah. absolutely. And um, I'll, I'll go through in a second, but there's a little bit in the forecast to suggest that that's going to be um, even more to the fore this week. Um, it's a rearranged event. They were going to play this a month or so ago, but um, due to the pandemic, they had to, to chop and change things. So we've got this in alongside the WGC. Uh, very similar feel, very similar looking um, markets, what we've seen in South Africa the last few weeks, to be fair. Dean Bermesta leads the betting at 16 to 1. Adrian Aus at 18 to 1 now. Uh, George Kutsaya, 20 to 1. Jordan Smith, 22s. Then you're into the likes of Juhung Kim, 28 to 1. A 33 is Oliver Becker, who played well last week for, for long parts. Roman Langasque, who played well some, some good bits last week as well. Justin Harding, all of those 33 to 1. Uh, 35 to 1 bar, those players I've just read through. You've got a few going at 7 each way. Paddy Power, Betfair, Coral, Labrooks, all 7 each way. 150 odds this week in Qatar. So we're back to Doha, 7,401-yard par 72, desert course, exposed fairways. There's water in play on six of the holes as well. It often is windy um, and can play quite linksy, as we've said. Now, the main difference since the last time we were here back in 2019 is that the greens have been completely relayed. They are now Paspillum greens, uh, which seems to be the trend and the growing trend over in the Middle East for their uh, greens of choice. So they used to be a mix of Bermuda Power, and the same as what we're expecting over in uh, in Austin. They're now Paspalum, so do consider that with any of your research. Uh, now, we've mentioned a couple of times that this course is susceptible to the wind. Uh, the weekend forecast is for 25, maybe 30 mile an hour winds. Um, it could be gusting 35. Now, we often expect wow. this around here, and... Um, the course is built for it, yet if it is blowing 25, 30, 35 mile an hour gust, that is going to keep the score down. Um, the score won't be getting out of hand here. And typically a mid-teen score is good enough here, somewhere in the 14, 16, 18. If it's really, really soft and really um, uh, really calm, then they may get close to 20. I suspect that we'll be a little bit closer to 10 under, 10, 12, something like that may well win this week. Um, particularly if that wind does materialise over the weekend. So, um, yeah, I think that brings a certain kind of player to the fore, personally. Uh, just to give you an idea, I mean, we've talk, talked about Lynx players. Listen to this list of players who've won here at uh, Doha since 2010. Robert Coulson, 66-1. Thomas Bjorn, 200 to 1. Paul Laurie, 50 to 1. You're getting the gist, I think. Chris Wood, 100 to 1. Sergio Garcia, 8 to 1. Brandon Grace twice, and we know about Grace's performances on oh, the yeah. Linksy tracks. Grace at mm. twenty-five to one in twenty fifteen and twenty sixteen. He defended the year after eight to one. Junghun Wang, <laughs> thirty-three to one. I always pronounce him like a German. Junghun Wang. Where did Wang go? He's disappeared, isn't he? I'm just saying his name for a long time. Thirty. Maybe he's gone back to do his national service. I don't know. I'd have, Potentially, I'd, don't know. I'd have to dig into it. He's disappeared off the face of the golfing earth, hasn't he? Eddie Pepperell, seventy to one. Justin Harding was the last winner, twenty nineteen, at fifty five to one before it moved to Education City. Just to complete the list. Jorge Campillo won the first event at Education City, 125 to 1. Antoine Rosner won last year, so he's the defending champion in terms of the title. 22 to 1 Rosner was last year. Um, so we've got all of these stats, you can go back and have a look. Oh, there's a lot of uh, lot of data listed on the preview this week. Key stats about Doha Golf Club. When it's calm, grins and regulation is key. And of course, we haven't got much, if any, in terms of strokes gains data from here because it's going back a few years um greens and regulation when it's calm when it's windy like it's going to be over the weekend scrambling bogey avoidance is absolutely key it brings a different type of player to the fore par threes and this event the par threes on this course are the toughest part of the course so players who've got some good irons you need to be hitting your irons very very nicely you need to be scrambling you need to be minimizing bogeys um, to make your way around this course in a satisfactory uh, score, I think. 
And we talked about links, got lots of good links players in that list I just read through. That's a good starting point. Um, some reasonable recent forms, good kind of a top 13, top 15 finish, that kind of thing in the last few weeks isn't a, isn't a bad pointer. Course form isn't critical. Wang and Hardin both won here on debut um, in, in recent years before we shifted to uh, Education City. So for me, I think if you've got a player that you know or think that is going to handle the conditions and has shown a little bit of form recently, that's um, that's a very good starting point. Um, I've backed five. I've backed Marcus Armitage, my shortest price. The Bullets, 33 to 1. Um, he was that priced with uh, Paddy Power, seven places each way. Great ball, ball striker, Armitage. Um, comfortable in the wind. He won that European Open last year to get uh, get off the mark. Really strong all-round display that week. Something similar this week would be um, absolutely spot on. He won that at eight under through 54 holes. So I think that, again, that's right in the ballpark of where we should expect to see that kind of scoring again this week. And knocking on the door recently, 12th in Dubai, the Desert Classic, 9th Razzle Khaimah, 17th in Kenya, and 11th at Pekinwood the week before last. Not much last week um, in the second South African event, but um, even so, I think there's enough to like about the bullet this week to give him some support, 33-1. to 1. Now, if we're talking about tough course players, tough conditions players, then John Catlin has to be built into the uh, consideration. I've backed him at 66s, again, with seven places. And the tougher the assignment, the better for Catlin, in my view. Three wins, th- all three of them um, on the DP World Tour are, oh, I came on the, and cha- either challenging courses or in challenging conditions. He's got that kind of stoical mindset, hasn't he? Bogu avoidance. Mm-hmm. Um, combine that with a very strong and uh, you know, not particularly long off the tee, but he's got a sound long game, tee to green approach, all very, very good. Uh, what well, he did surprise me, he was ninth um, at the DP World Tour Championship at the Earth Course at the back end of the year. He was leading at the halfway point, which um, which was a bit of an eye opener for for some desert form and a long course. So um, that ticked a box and got him on you know a few of my notes for for events such as this. Not so great since, um, and it explains the price to a certain degree. But twelfth um, on the uh, the Royals Cup at the uh, on the Asian Tour a couple of weeks back was decent enough and. Uh, yeah, I think it's the, the kind of setup and the kind of week where John Catlin could really, really shine. So Catlin's in. Jorge Campillo's in at the same price, 66s. Um, a couple of wins on under his belt, so um, not quite as many as Catlin, but nearly there. Um, he was 9 under when he won the Trophée Ascendeur. He was 13 under when he won at Education City in this event a couple of years back. That's absolutely spot on, that kind of range for this week, I think. Uh, decent enough form lately as well. 13th in Kenya, 28th and 25th in the last two South African events. This will suit much, much better than the South African events in my view. So the fact that he's had some you know, reasonably middling efforts in South Africa um, is, is spot on for me. Paspalum Green's right up his alley. Um, of course, that Education City um, effort was on Paspalum Green's as well. And at Doha here, he's finished 12th, oh, sorry, 20th, 13th and 2nd uh, in this particular course. So he's got course mm. form. He's got some uh, kind of under the radar um, event or, or recent form coming in. And uh, I think I think the winning total and the style will absolutely suit him this week at 66s. Um, a couple of longer prices, Jeff Winther. Uh, 100 to 1 winter winter uh, I'd say however you like I guess 6th in Abu Dhabi um, earlier in the season really good pointer for this I think that was at Yas Links it was windy it was a Rolex series level I don't think that form should be ignored only Shabanka Sharma in this field finished ahead of him that particular week uh, 14th here at Doha in 2019 a couple of efforts at Do- uh, Education City 3rd third, third and 14th over the last two years um, he seems to enjoy this part of the world he can play in the wind he can play on Paspalum 100 to 1 all in so Winter's in and then finally Sammy Valimaki I backed 150 to 1 yesterday with 7 places there's still some 125s I think you can get 150 still if uh, you're willing to take 6 places or less this week but um, he's been backed in quite a lot and quite rightly so I think 
He won in Amman back in 2020. That's not a million miles from here in terms of geography. Again, on Paspalum Greens. Mm. Uh, you may remember it's kind of etched onto was that, the was that a windy? Was that a windy renewal? Uh, to a degree, yeah. I just, the winning score was... <sighs> 13 under I'm going to say it was yeah, okay yeah so stretching yeah, yeah. stretching enough yeah yeah he beats um he, I, I remember it vividly because he beat Brandon Stone that week I'd back Stone mm. at 80s Stone had made an absolute bomb on the final hole and was trading at some ridiculously short price and I just left it alone and then uh Valimaki made this kind of 2025 footer on the final hole for birdie to take it to a playoff and then won the playoff and <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> we've read this book before, haven't we? She's a cruel. She's a cruel. Well, she's a cruel one, isn't she, golf? Sammy, Sammy's going to make amends this week, and 150 to one if he wins this week, then that's good. I mean, he was rookie of the year in 2020. He was really, really good, and he's been right off the boil since that point for whatever reason. I mean, I couldn't find a. I couldn't find a swing change. I couldn't find a coaching change. I couldn't find something that was obvious there. It just, you know, listening to interviews, it just sounded like he just lost a bit of um, enjoyment in the game. I mean, he, he, he's used words to that effect to say that he's just, you know, lost a bit of interest. It did, wasn't enjoying himself out on the course. But last week, 16th, he finished last week. That was his first top 20 since the end of 2020. He was positive in all strokes gained long game aspects. He's putting was really good that's the Sammy Valamaki of old when he was really starting to push on and um, I think that he could surprise at what is a really nice price so Valamaki's in at 150s Jeff Winter 100s Jorge Campillo 66 John Catlin the same price 66 and the bullet Marcus Armitage 33 to 1 at the top of the shot Barry give me a name Oh, I'm struggling, guys. Too many events at this early on a Tuesday morning. I thought he was asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, tr- I'm trying to sort out my deposit crap with uh, Carl. <laughs> they, blo- they blocked my card, even though I wanted to give them money. So I need to send them photos. And, oh, uh, yeah. Uh, the know, uh, know your customer. I think I might have to send a blood sample in to get a bet on. Mm, um, yeah, f- faces and blood, yes. Mm. I mean, whatever. Yeah, okay. Let's not go down that avenue there, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> They'll, they'll be sending you some pots out in the post to, uh, <laughs> uh, to the, the, the hoops we have to go through to get a bet on these days. Eh? No, that's fine, Barry. I know, I know the uh, the DP World Tour's not been your, um, your well. I've got a couple reason. of names. Go on. I did notice here that Spaniards have a great record. Mm. And this guy's got a half decent record here. He was sixth a few weeks ago at the My Golf Life Open. He's hitting his irons particularly well here. I mean, it's all strokes gain, strokes gain, and they the actual they're getting sharper. They were actually sharper this week, uh, last week at Stain City. Nacho Elvira, yeah, yeah, he, he's playing some very nice golf, and he's got a decent record here, isn't he? Mm. Yeah. Uh, what are we looking at with Nacho? I'm just looking through the form here. Yeah, sixth and a second. Yeah, there's there's lots. So of I'm on. Yeah, he's been he's he's clearly been backed in. I think he's a the best I'm seeing for Nacho right now. He's ninety to one with Unibet, mm. or seven places you can get on at seventy to one with Coral. The other one, someone that and you know, I tend to I tend to work in your slipstream, Paul. You know, I wasn't on um, I wasn't on that South African chap last week, although I should have been. Yep. But you put up a few weeks ago, Marcus Kinhole. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah, and he's perfect for this, isn't he? Sixty to one, we bet Fred right now yeah. on Kinhole. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's not. A, I, I couldn't couldn't back them all. The last off my list was Kinhole and Adrian Otegi was the other one. You're talking about Spain, yeah, see? So Otegi, so it's, it's all the it's Spaniards and Swedes here, isn't it? Yeah. To a lot of so, yeah. yeah. So Kinhole, I like. Yeah, sixty to one. I'm on. I can, I can, I couldn't, or wouldn't put you off because I, he was really, really close. If I'd have gone for six or seven, which I wasn't going to do, given it's such a, such a big no. and expensive week anyway. But yeah, yeah, like, you know, right there on my, right on the radar. So, wouldn't surprise. You don't fancy gorgeous George at twenties? 
well, on the on the strength of on the strength of Sean Norris winning last week, then yeah, you you might you might be well advised to just look at last week's preview and just back those guys instead. But uh, yeah, we'll see. I might have a cheeky two pound win only bet on Gorgeous George, <laughs> and then when the obvious happens and we're all sitting here next week going, "Oh bloody, I couldn't have George Coatsy at twenty to one," and I had him the week <coughs> before and. At least, at least I've got a couple of quid coming back on Coatsy. Because mm. uh, you've got to say, the guy's course form is rather yeah, uh, rather crazy, isn't it? Yeah, you can't. Second, fifth, seventh, eighth, second. Yeah. Mm. yeah I think that's just about us then, chap. It is, isn't it? Mm. I think that's us, chaps. We managed to get through three tournaments in just around an hour, which is Very not good. a bad effort. Very good. Thanks for all your efforts this week, Paul. I know you've been... You've been very poorly, and uh, you've had <laughs> ridiculous uh, seventy-two hours putting all this information together. Yeah. So well done. Yeah. Well, no event next week, and that, you know, ultimately, that it does make me, it does confuse me a little bit about these scheduling because. Oh, it, you went two or three weeks without an event. Yeah. So there's no events, and then they whack a load in the same week, and then there's no event the week after, and it's it's bizarre. The scheduling could be a whole lot simpler for everyone involved, and it must be simpler for the guys who do the scheduling as well to spread these things out. But um, please tell me that the DP World Tour are not having an event the week of the Masters. No, 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 they're not. They're not that no. stupid, surely. No, no, not unless they slot a last minute one in. But no, there's. So there's nothing in the schedule at the moment, so right. we, we can focus 100% on all the uh, Valero the Texas Open next week, and then the Masters the week yeah. after. Yeah. Right, that's fantastic. That's what we want to get do. our teeth into the events that uh, that matter. Well, thank you for your efforts this week. Thank you to you, Barry, for your efforts this week. Have you managed to get any money into Coral yet? Or I actually did. Yeah. So fantastic. Where's where's you try and get it out? Wesley, <laughs> we'll update next week. Wesley Bryan for the win, so we'll be withdrawing quite a chunky amount after 200 mm. to 1. You hope? Very nice. Mm. Okay. Well, good luck with your bets, chaps. Yeah. It's going to be a cracking week of golf viewing. Best of luck. Best of luck to the listeners. And uh, we will be back to uh, to go through the Valero Texas Open. We're only a week away next week from the Masters, so it's all good. It's all growing to that master's crescendo. So uh, have a good golf betting week, and uh, we will see you again next week. Goodbye. Sayonara. If you like betting on golf, but everyone that you back misses the cut, get some experts involved with all the stats and the tips and so much more. Because it's the golf betting system, the golf betting system. The 